right, what's going on, everybody? It's Josh McCabe here, host of Overflow Beyond the Music. Welcome to another BTM special episode. Really happy you guys have uh, tuned in for this, that you're listening, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, thanks for being part of this. Thanks for being faithful listeners and still still tracking with me on this thing. I really, really appreciate that. Now, if you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel that is now active. You can find us online at youtube.com slash overflowbtm. And uh, I've been posting some videos up there, some clips of the of the podcast, um, some video stuff. So make sure that you go check that out. And, and really, one of the best ways you can help us out doing this thing is by subscribing. That that really just means a ton when you either subscribe on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever, and then on YouTube as well. And that stuff means a ton to us. I know I say it every single episode, but I, I can't tell you enough how important it is that we get this uh, this little BTM family together so that we can stay connected and so that you can make sure you don't miss a moment of great content. I'm doing my best to make sure that I keep these podcasts interesting, fresh, and I guess unique, for lack of better words. But uh, before we get into the episode this week, I want to tell you about something that I want to do as a little bit of a special. Now, I've got a couple books by Kim Walker-Smith. You may know her from Jesus Culture and that big viral video that went around like forever ago um, called uh, How He Loves, and she's just an incredible worship leader, and she's still writing and releasing great music today. We had her part of season two earlier on, but she sent me a couple copies of her signed book, and I thought it might be a good idea if we could give away some of those books. Um, they're autographed by her. The book is called Brave Surrender, Let Let God's Love Rewrite Your Story. And here's how we're going to give them away. It's really, really, really simple. All you need to do, all you need to do, is you need to go on our Instagram account. It's at OverflowBTM, at OverflowBTM. All you got to do is make sure you're following us and send us a DM and say, you want the book. And um, the only thing we will try and figure out, if you live like on far away, I don't know how we're going to get the book to you, but we'll figure something out. So if you want to get a copy of this book by Kim Walker-Smith, all I'm going to ask you to do is hop on Instagram, make sure you're following us, and just send me a DM. That's all you got to do. I will make sure to respond back as quickly as I can, and I want to get a free book in your hands. So hopefully you guys will take some time to do that very simple little step. Now, I'm going to take a moment, and I I try not to do a lot of self-promotion on this podcast as much as I can avoid it, but many of you know um, I've had a band or a music project for um, a number of years now called Caves, and that started probably back in about 2014, 2015, and uh, we had the opportunity to do some really cool stuff with it. Uh, Caves was kind of always a bit of a solo project, even though uh, different people would kind of come in along on the journey with me, and it and it really just came from my own story of just being in a cave season and, and, and having a time in my life where I stepped away from everything and just tried to reset. And I think what's interesting about it is that I, I really felt and maybe maybe convinced myself that that was a one-time thing. I would never have to go through something like that again or I'd never have to you know, set, set, step back to reset, you know? 
And I found myself here in Nashville realizing that God is resetting me again. And um, it's good stuff. I'm really diving deep into a lot of just things in my life and, and asking God to really make me new, really make me whole in Him. And, and that's really personal for me. It's the, a long story that don't have time to get into on this podcast. But one of the things I really felt like was that um, my story was evolving. And uh, though I didn't necessarily feel like I was in this, you know, quote unquote, caves season anymore, uh, I just felt like it was something I hid behind. And, you know, caves would, we released these songs. And one of the songs that did really well for us was a song called My God uh, that features Amanda Cook of Bethel Music. And, and it reached further than I could have imagined. And as I look back at it, you know, I kind of assess it and realize that I, I had spent a lot of time hiding behind the, the name Caves, and I kind of had separated my life as a pastor and as a musician. They were separate worlds for me. There was Josh McCabe, the pastor, and Josh McCabe, the musician, and Caves was, was my musical outlet, and, well, pastoring was my other outlet, and they were really separate. And, and as I really am honest about it, I think I felt really comfortable hiding behind a name, a band name with music that, that would kind of allow... I don't know, me just to do something that that felt not as vulnerable as you'd think. And really, as I take a step back and look at where I'm at now, um, <laughs> this place where I'm really not sure I, I care about trying to fit in any particular space. And, and to be honest, I'm not really sure where I fit. I've kind of felt like I'm not sure anymore where I fit and that I'm not really in this cave season anymore. But I would describe it as more of a hidden season. And I had this pastor speak over uh, some words over my life that um, they're, they're close friends and mean a lot in our journey. Um, she said to me that you're walking in a hidden season and, and you're like an arrow that's being pulled back. And the more tension you allow God to place on this arrow, the further and faster you're going to fly when it's time to go. And I was like, man, that is that is my story right now where I feel so pulled back. I feel so almost left behind in some ways and I feel like everyone's living their best life now. And I'm sitting here making podcasts and I'm not sure if anybody's listening to be honest with you, but, um, I really felt like it was time for a new season. So, uh, about a week ago, uh, I shut down caves caves is as my musical outlet is no longer a thing. It's, it's time to close that season and I'm releasing new music, and by the time you hear this, it will be released. Um, I released some new music on Friday under my name, Josh McCabe. Here I am. No hiding, no nothing. This is my story. This is my journey. I'm going to sing about the hidden season, and I'm going to sing about where I'm at and what I'm going through. So I would love if you would take a second and check it out. You can find it online at joshmccabemusic.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Music. And I would love you to check out this new song called Hidden Seasons. Um, and if it's all right with you, I'm going to play a little quick clip of it before we get in our interview today. And I've been cut open, painting my scars for the world to see. And I've been the headline of the summer, wondering what people think when they see me. Seem in the moment like everyone is chosen, and you have been pushed aside. 
thanks so much for listening to that clip. Hopefully you didn't fast forward all the way to the interview by now because, um, yeah, I just appreciate you guys being on this journey with me and uh, it's going to be fun. But hey, we got an interview today. We got a BTM special. This is our sort of in-between seasons episode. We got season three launching real soon, but I got the chance to catch up with uh, someone who's become a friend. His name's Andrew Holt. He's the worship pastor at my church, The Belonging, in Nashville, Tennessee. And what I love about Andrew is that he is so humble and so talented, and he has the really fun and unique job of being the worship pastor when some of your worship leaders are some of the most renowned songwriters and worship leaders and musicians in the world. And he leads with just such humility. He honors everybody he comes in contact with, and he does so with such excellence. His his journey is really unique about um, how he found uh, himself at this church and later found himself working and pastoring at it. I really, there's some leadership nuggets in here for you today if you will really, um, really just dive in and, and really pay attention to what Andrew's saying because um, the way he has approached life and his journey is really inspiring to me. So without further ado, here is Andrew Holt, worship pastor at The Belonging, Nashville, Tennessee. kind of a little funny that we're doing this over the phone and across the country. I'm in Southern California, and I'm talking with um, my worship pastor, who is in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. And uh, we're not doing this in person, but we're doing it over the phone uh, because of just our schedules and everything. But I'd like to welcome to Overflow Beyond the Music, uh, Andrew Holt. He's the worship pastor at The Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee. And voice extraordinaire, and <laughs> songwriter, and worship leader, and uh, man, I'm just thankful. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be a part, man. Well, it made sense to have you on because uh, you know we've had Meredith Andrews on, we've had Mia yeah. Fields on, and both of them have talked about you. And oh. so I go, maybe we should get this guy on and have a little conversation with him and see what's That's going amazing. on. Amazing, they're the best. They are the best, and. I mean, I like to brag to people when they ask about what it's like to live in Nashville, and yeah. I get to say, well, I don't know who's leading worship on Sunday, and truthfully, I don't really care, because it's either going to be like Meredith Andrews, or like Ben Candelon, or yourself, or like Mia Fields, or Carrie Job, or some like indie pop artist that yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of, but has like 20 billion streams online, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a unique unique situation. It really is crazy, but we're just all a bunch of friends who, honestly, like what I love about our team is that every single one of them has encountered God and had their lives changed at our church in such a significant way. And so we're all just there to to provide an atmosphere, a space for someone else to have the same thing, you know. And um, it's it's really an honor to be a part of it. So and glad to finally meet you. Since yeah, you're man. Coming to our church. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, just when I when we thought about where we we're going to go to church, we moved to Nashville. The belonging seemed like the right place, and and probably for reasons that are different uh, than most. Mm. Like Matthew and Tarn Cross, who are amazing pastors there, have been really influential yeah. in the lives of my wife and I. And uh, 
and so yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be part of the community, and and uh, I'm looking so forward good. to getting to know you more over the next couple uh, couple years. Absolutely, same. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey and and how you ended up uh, at the Belonging Co in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. So I'm one of the few people who actually grew up in Nashville. <laughs> uh, a little rare, um, but I grew up just south of Nashville in a little city called Thompson Station. Yeah. Um, my dad is actually a Baptist pastor and we moved from East Tennessee to Nashville when I was really, really young. So this is absolutely home for me. Uh, so I got involved when I was really young at a church, really where I started leading worship in down in Thompson station. And like a lot of people just started leading in my youth group, leading in house churches. Um, but pretty early on when I was young, just felt, that this is what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I yeah. played sports when I was young a little bit. And as soon as I started leading worship, I just dropped it all and was like, no, this is what makes me feel alive. And yeah, um, really just fell in love with God's presence and fell in love with seeing my friends encounter him. And long story short, got really involved in my church, came on staff at my church when I was really young, when I was like a freshman in high school. Um, they're paying me like $200 a month to lead, <laughs> lead in my youth group and just yeah. kind of help out, um, doing rostering, all that good stuff. And, you know, just started getting more and more involved every year through high school, taking on more responsibility. I went to college at a community college in Franklin, just south of Nashville, got my associates and then I went, I got my bachelor's from Trevecca. Yeah. here in Nashville. Um, and the whole time was really just diving into my church and growing as a worship leader and growing um, in so many aspects of that. And then mm-hmm. my junior year at Trevecca um, was 2014, and there was this little thing in this couple from Australia's basement starting called The Belonging um, that I didn't really know much about, but I had some friends that were posting about it. And I honestly probably would have went in their basement if I didn't, if I didn't think it was like an exclusive Bible study, I didn't know if I was welcome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I just had some people that we knew that were posting about it. And so as soon as they left their basement and started meeting in an actual venue, um, me and my wife now, we weren't even engaged to be married yet, but we went one Tuesday night, they met on Tuesday night. So it was perfect. Even though I was on staff at another church, I could go to this place on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And one night, we just went, and it was 200 people in this tiny little venue in South Nashville. Yeah. Um, and as soon as, the only way I know to describe it, as soon as worship started, it was like a bucket of water just got dumped on me. And I didn't even realize how dry I, I was, um, but I was like a sponge. Like, I just started soaking it in, and I instantly just started crying, and God started doing so much in my, lo- in my heart. And um, I got back in the car um, with Sarah, my wife now. And I just looked at her and I said, like, this is what I'm hungry for. Like, this is what I'm after is the presence of God. Like I felt that, that same presence that I did when I was a 13 year old kid. I felt that that night. And you know, it, it didn't necessarily look anything like what the belonging looks like now. It was just a very terrible PA, you know, no lighting, (laughs) you know, we, they were using like a little Behringer console, Nice. Um, it didn't sound amazing, but it the the same presence of God that's with us now every week was there that night, and um, I just caught a hold of it, and something changed, something shifted in my heart, and so we started coming every Tuesday night, um, just attending. 
I was still on staff at my church, my old church, and God just began to really do a work in our hearts. And um, long story short, I met Henry one of, like a few months into that. Um, and sorry if you hear a train. There's a train coming by my house right now. Nice, um, love it. Awesome. <laughs> um, and just kind of got to know him a little bit, but we never really hung out. Like he would just kind of see me every once in a while at church on Tuesday night. Yeah. And just kind of asked me what I was doing and if I was still on staff at that church. And I would say yes. And a, about a year into that, not even a year, a little less than a year, that season at my church ended. Hmm. And I just had this like sense inside, like Holy Spirit saying, you're supposed to be at the belonging. Like that's supposed to be your home. Hmm. I wasn't involved at all. I barely knew Henry. And it was honestly a big leap of faith for us because we were about to get married and I was about to graduate college on the same day. We were getting married May 9th, 2015. And um, everything was about to just, you know, I was about to grow up, you know, I was about to step into the season of like being a man and being a husband. And (laughs) so stepping out in faith and not having a job wasn't really like (laughs) what in the world's eyes I should have done, but I just knew that that was what I was supposed to do. And so I, I had coffee with Henry this was like December 2014. Um, and for the, and for those people who don't know, because I think we uh, we forget sort of what I mean. Being at the church, you kind of forget the context. Henry yeah. Seely and Alex Seely are the lead pastors of yeah, the Belonging. <laughs> and no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just going to help our listeners Good. get context. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Henry was. I'm not sure if I'm saying this correctly, but like one of the founding people of Planet Shakers right. Ministry yeah. and yeah. wrote. Uh, like his CCLI list of songs he's written is just really long. Yeah. Really, really, really long. And he's written yeah. amazing, amazing worship. And so, yeah, um, yeah definitely like a v- veteran of the uh, yeah. of worship ministry. Yeah, he's totally, that's who he is to the core. Um, that's his whole background. And at that point of the church, of the belonging, he was leading worship literally every Tuesday night, yeah. leading the team, had built the team. Um, as well as being the senior pastor with Alex, his wife. And so in my head, I'm like, they don't need another worship leader. You know, they've got Henry, (laughs) he's killing it. But I just like, at the core of who I am, I'm just a local church guy. Like I love being a part of church and serving. So I'm like, if I'm going to be planted in a place, I got to serve, I got to get involved. Mm -hmm. So we went to coffee one day and I just said, hey man, this has happened I, I know within me that I'm supposed to be involved um, at the church. I know I'm supposed to jump in. And so if you need someone to clean the toilet, if you need someone <laughs> to like yeah. run, run cables, put out chairs, like I just want to jump in and get involved. And uh, I know they need, I knew they needed help because, you know, they were loading in every single week in different venues. Right. Um, they hadn't even really landed at Rocket Town yet. They were about to kind of land um, there full time, but which is the venue we still meet in now. Um, But he said, yeah, I know you're supposed to be a part of this. I've known you're supposed to be a part of it for a while. Um, And he said tonight, that night we were hanging out, um, he was having like a creative worship team Christmas party at his house. Mm -hmm. And he said, you should come. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was just like just a moment of like God really showing me like I've got this, you're hearing me. Yeah. And the step of faith that you're taking is, is right, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, at that, from that point, I really just got involved singing BGVs and playing acoustic. Um, and I got a job at a coffee shop in town working 40 hours a week. 
and just like jumped all in. And so at that point, Henry was leading the team and he would call me, you know, some Tuesday mornings, we were only meeting on Tuesdays at the point and be like, Hey man, could you come play guitar tonight? Or Hey man, could you come jump in and just play acoustic and do BGVs? And I was like, I just always said, yes, I was just available, you know? And right. um, Right. A little bit into that, he kind of just started saying, hey, look, would you want to come and help me do planning center? Would you want to come help me do the schedule for the team? Yeah. Um, I led at a team night at their house one night, um, and I started leading a bit. But that was like a season for me of about a year, honestly, of working at this coffee shop and just volunteering at church. Hmm. And God did so much in my heart in that season because, you know, since I was a freshman in high school, I'd been working at church, you know? Yeah, and yeah. People yeah. listen to this podcast may be in a similar situation where you know, if you once you do that for a while, it's easy to let your identity get built up around being a worship leader. Oh um, yeah, it's easy to let your um, social status, your friendships, your finance, everything is stemming from this thing of being mm-hmm. a worship leader, and it feels right and it feels good because you're doing a good thing, you're doing the call in your life. Um, but in reality, if you're letting that become the priority, if you're letting that become everything, then you're missing the whole point. And that was where I was before I came to belonging. I was in this place of, I thought in my mind that I was doing everything right, but actually I had let it all kind of get out of order a bit. Right. And, um, God just began to show me what it was like just to be a son again and Mm. what it meant to just be satisfied with me and him, not with a guitar in my hands or singing a song or um, leading a team. Like I didn't have any of it. It it was all gone. And there was a season there where I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day working at a coffee shop. And the biggest thing that God really taught me in that season was like, if I can, if you can steward what I've given you, even if it may seem small, if you can steward what I put in your hands, I can trust you with more. Hmm. And that, at that point, literally all I had was my wife stewarding our marriage and, stewarding this little coffee shop job I had, you know, yeah, and dealing with people that, you know, weren't always easy to deal with washing dishes. And I hated washing dishes. I hated (laughs) running food, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. And, but I was just learning and I said, all right, like, I'm just going to steward what you've given me. And I really believe that because of what I did in that season and how I, I stewarded what God gave me, he was able to trust me with more. And so Henry asked me to come on in March of 2016 to lead the worship team and, I've been doing that since then, and that's kind of how I got involved. But it's just been an amazing journey. So, man, we um, we definitely need to do coffee when I'm back in Nashville because our stories yeah. seem very similar. I oh, mean, come I went on. through I went through a year where, um, yeah, I completely didn't even pick up a guitar, yeah, because uh, I needed to reset. And I think that's so interesting that you talk about identity and yeah. and finding your identity and what you do. And it, it doesn't even have to be music; it can be right. anything. Um, we begin to wonder who we are outside of what we do. Yeah. And if you're not, if you can't just be who you are outside of what you do, then um, you're going to not be who you are when you're doing what you're doing. You're always going to have a piece yeah. of you missing. Absolutely. And I, I wonder, like, how did that season prepare you uh, to pastor and shepherd people who, yeah. um, like when you when you say a name and like this is not a name drop podcast, but when you say a name like Carrie Job, Meredith Andrews, uh, you know, on uh, for musicians like who would know who Austin Davis is, who plays drums for all these different yeah. artists, you know, you think you drummer, 
worship yeah. leader, songwriter. How how did your journey prepare you to help them on on their journey? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know what? One of the things we say a lot within really our whole church culture, but also within the worship and creative um, team is that we care we care more about people's hearts and who they mm-hmm. are more than their gift and what they can bring to our church. And it seems so simple, but I think for where we are as a church as a whole um, in America, especially in the South, it's become so much about, oh, you have an amazing gift and you have this amazing gift that God's given you, so let's give you a platform right Mm -hmm. now to do that. And it's actually like, no, like we care more about you as a person and you finding freedom and you finding um, the things that you need from God and your relationship with Him and the community that you need here in the church more than what you can bring to our church and the gift on your life. Yeah. Um, And I think I've learned how to lead that way because of that season that I went through, you know, where Henry, Henry saw my gift, but he didn't, he didn't automatically give me the position of worship pastor, even though he may have mm-hmm. sensed that that was coming down the road. He let me go through a season of really just ripping some of the identity stuff out, ripping some of that things out that he knew that God needed to do in my life. And it wasn't like I was sitting down with Henry every week and having coffee and he was talking to me about it. Like, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, we were, I was just coming to church, getting involved and, um, and what God was doing in, in his presence. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, like there was just, that was the season for me. And so now that I'm in a position where, you know, I am building the team, I am in charge of adding people to the team. It's like, before we ever care about someone's gift, someone walks through the door and is like, I've done ABC at this hmm. church and this church and this church, you know, we're in Nashville. That happens all the time. We're like, right. that, that's amazing. Um, why don't you just come and sit and be a part of the house, put your roots right. down, build a community. And if God has that in store, then he'll open the door and he'll make it obvious. Um, yeah. But what we care more about than that is actually you as a person, you know? I just had coffee with a guy today who came from a season that he was a worship leader. He did that, you know, consistently a lot, and he's just moved to Nashville. And I just literally sat across the table from him, looked him in the eyes and said, you know, bro, we love you for who you are as a person, not what you can do for our church, but actually who you are and what you Mm -hmm. bring to this community. And so just come and sit and, you know, be fed and like put your roots down and build community and then we'll go from there. But yeah. Let me ask you a tough question on along those lines, because we we definitely don't cater towards on this podcast. It's all about getting to know uh, the people behind the music. It's not necessarily yeah. a leadership podcast or for sure or for pastors but i, I want to ask a tough question for you because you know the someone might be sitting here and saying well you know we care about the heart we want yeah. you know, we care more about who you are not just your gift and they might go well that <laughs> easy for you to say yeah. <laughs> when you're in nashville tennessee and right. you've got 20 drummers yeah and You've got a resume full of award-winning worship leaders just sitting in your community. Yeah, yeah, of course you can say to someone, "We don't need your. We don't. We just want you. We don't necessarily need your gift." Yeah. What about the person that's like, "No, he's our only drummer, <laughs> like right. the only one." <laughs> Absolutely. How do you yeah. balance that that scale? Because because yeah. it seems that that you could throw away mm. um, the ideals, right? Really quickly uh, for the sake of. I don't know, desperation or right. or uh, a survival mentality. Absolutely. You know, I think no matter what context you're in 
obviously everyone's blueprint, everyone's church is going to be different. And I believe God has a different blueprint for every single house, but that doesn't change like for me, the Mm non-negotiables. And, you know, I found in this season that relationship and family is everything when it comes to team. Yeah. Um, instead of just filling a roster on planning center and making sure that I've got a full band every single week and that all the pieces fit together and we've got the tracks rig lined up. Obviously we care a lot about all those things, but before any of that, it's actually about family and people and their lives. And so, you know, whether you've got one drummer or you've got 20 drummers, that doesn't change the fact that you can build relationship with people before you add them to your team. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And I think that's such a key is that, you know, now the way, because of the way we run things, I build a relationship with people. I have a history with them before they step onto our platform and stage to lead. Yep. And that way, you know, before we have a little gathering time, every time before we lead worship, just side stage to pray and to really just set our hearts on Jesus. And when I look around the circle, I know, I know those people, I know their families, I know what's going on in their lives. I know how, how they came to the belonging. I know how they got plugged in and what God did in their life when they did come. And because of that, I know the motives in their hearts before we step up to lead together. And it, it brings this beautiful unity of like, we all came here and got our lives changed by God's presence. And so this is a moment now for us to provide an atmosphere for someone else walking in for the first time. Whereas if it was just an audition and I knew they were a good drummer, but I didn't know anything else about them. I couldn't yeah. say that. I couldn't say that honestly, and I couldn't really know the motive of their heart. And obviously there's things that happen and people have off days and there's there's nothing you can do to avoid that. But no matter what context you're in as a worship pastor or leader or team leader, I believe there's still that chance to build relationship before you you add someone to your team. And obviously yeah. that looks different for everyone, but I think it's so vital. I Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah. uh, I once talked to a pastor when I was, you know, I was, I was a worship pastor for a season and I yeah. said, well, you know, like I'm struggling with this cause like I need to put a full team together and he goes, you want to know how we started our church? Yeah. It was me on acoustic guitar yeah, and singing. And then we had a bass player come <laughs> and it was me on acoustic and bass. And then Just we had acoustic a and bass. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, then it was acoustic bass and drummer. Yeah, and then the bass player left for a job, so now it's just acoustic and drums, Absolutely. and we just rolled with what we had. And yeah, yeah, we could have hired guys for fifty bucks or seventy-five bucks or a hundred bucks a service, right. but we didn't. Yeah, it was about organic, and and I, I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. And I mean, you know, obviously our church started in our pastor's basement, so they were just doing acoustic vocals every night and God's presence fell in a mighty way every single time. So there's, right. there is no formula to it, but I don't think you have to sacrifice um, anything. Like I think God, what we found in this season is that by leading it this way and like operating in this way, God never lets you go without, like he's going to provide, he's going to bring the people that need to be a part of it. And I think it just takes having that heart of like, God, this is how we want our team to be. This is how mm-hmm. we want, our church to operate and we're going to trust that you're going to bring the people that need to be a part of it because you know you do see our roster and all these people but in reality there's there's weeks that i don't have a drummer because they're all on the road touring you know so right right there's moments of like all right god you're gonna have to come through and this is the time for someone to step up but um, yeah yeah so i think god honors it when you do it the right way and um 
it's pretty amazing what he can do. Well, I think I think it's cool too because what I what I've noticed is I actually attended the belonging um, back in I want to say 2014 actually. Oh wow! When it was just very small. Yeah. And I probably had gone at least once a year for yeah. until before moving and to see the organic growth of. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a church in the early days trying to shove their songs that they're writing down everyone's throats. It was like leading songs that were resonating with the community. And then naturally, the overflow became songs that were for their community. It wasn't like an agenda item. So, like, how has that sort of become organic in the development of of the church writing songs? Because... Mm. uh, I mean, you guys probably could have made an album before you even left the basement. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, when I came on in 2016, one of the first things we did was actually like our very first writing retreat. And so I was kind of able to be a part of that whole process that was like my first job, if you want to say, like was putting together this writing retreat. And the reason we did it was, you know, Henry and I were choosing songs for church every week. And it just kind of got to this point where we really weren't able to find songs that were speaking right to the heart of our house and what God was mm-hmm. doing in our house. And it was like, it just, Henry and Alex felt like it was time for us to start writing. And so we gathered some of like the core team of worship leaders and producers and went away for just a few days and for a week. And and from the, the very first thing we did was we sat down and Henry just looked at everyone and said, you know, I don't want you to look at this as just like any other writing retreat, because obviously on our team, there's writers that are writing songs for every church, every movement across the nation. Yeah. Um, Right. Writing five songs a week, six songs a week. Exactly. That's their full-time job. And he said, I don't want you to look at this as just another writing retreat, but actually the whole purpose of this is not for a record. It's not for an album. It's just to write for our church, for our community. Um, in our house and in the community out in the community right. building that happens as a result. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was amazing for just our team of worship leaders to get away. We'd never been able yeah. to do that before and get to know each other at a deeper level. Um, but even now, like we've released a record and we're about to do another one about to release another one. And through all of that season, it's just been this constant recentering of like, this is why we do We're doing this. It's not, for the record, that's just a byproduct of what it is. It's actually, mm-hmm. we really believe God's called us to write for our house. What are the songs that are on our hearts that we know is going to bring um, a new level of breakthrough, a new level of authority and anointing into our community every Sunday and every Tuesday? Yeah. And and that's not an easy thing to do, to be honest, because, you know, you, you start writing for church and it, it can bring a lot of things out. Um, and what I love about Henry and Alex is that they're always going to be the people that bring everyone back to know this is the purpose of what we do. This is why we're doing it. You know, remember that first time that you had that encounter with God, these songs carry that for someone else. And, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a beautiful season of just really learning from me. I mean, I've never before that first retreat was the first time I'd really ever co-written before. So, (laughs) Um, uh, it's, it's been a just amazing season of learning and growing as a writer, but what I've loved about it is that, you know, every time we sit down to write a song, it's just with our church in mind. And it's been amazing to see these songs carried out through the world and other churches doing them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we really do see that as just an overflow, um, 
of us just writing for our house and our church. And yeah, I really think that's the way it should be. You know, I don't, I don't, I think every single church should write if they have ability to, to write for their church, but I don't necessarily think every single church should release records. I, um, I would fully agree with you. And I think it's become just kind of a cool thing to do, you mm-hmm. know, but, but it's like, if God's saying that, then do it. But if God's not saying that, then don't do it. You know, yeah. because if he's saying to do it, there's going to be a grace on it and he'll provide the avenues that needs to, that it needs to have. Um, but if, yep. if not, there, there won't be a grace and it's going to be really difficult and really hard. So, well, I was, that's uh, my two cents of it all, but I, I agree. I was talking to, uh, another worship leader, John Egan about this and, yeah. um, that like I had gone through a season where I felt like God had given us the grace to release a record and it did really, really well really, really, really well is an exaggeration. What I really mean to say is that it was it was successful, it accomplished what we wanted to do, people yeah. were impacted, all that yeah. stuff. And the process was good. Yeah. And then I kept wanting to release more and more and more and more. Mm. And there was one that I say was the record that destroyed me. Mm. The record that caused a burnout. Wow. Because... I don't think I ever asked the Lord on that one if I should yeah. do it. I yeah. just felt like we got to keep up. Sure. And so what? what's the attitude? Because, I mean, y- you could sit down and literally the songs that, between all your worship leaders, the songs that got thrown away from other people's albums could literally make up an album, right. and it would be a great album. <laughs> Like yeah. the songs that nobody recorded could be a great album. You could be releasing yeah. four albums a year if you wanted to. What right? W- what sort of dictates the pace in which you guys, as the Belonging Co. and the whole collaborative community, what dictates the pace of yeah. releasing albums for you guys? I think it's honestly just that. It's following God's voice and following where we feel like the grace is. And it's that's the goal. The goal is not to have a great album. The goal is not to have a great group of songs you know the goal is to if we're going to release something that it has to carry the weight of heaven it has to carry the weight of god's presence and it has to be able to go and do something in other churches and you know carry that breakthrough um Mm -hmm. that we're after and i i don't think you get that by just having a heart that's i just want to release a great album that's going to be successful in all the world's standards you know for us for us like streams and album sales and all that is not success. It's a, it's a sign that God's doing something with it, but yeah. it's not it's, the, the sign of success for us. It's not how we grade it. It's actually like, is God moving through this? And it, it has God told us to release this and we feel a peace about it. Um, and that's, that goes case by case. And I think, but I think that dictates the pace. Um, and it comes from Henry and Alex, you know, like they, Henry's been doing this his whole life, pretty much, you know? Yeah. Um, He's been writing, mixing, producing albums, and he's seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think, along the way. I can't wait to get Henry on this podcast. Yeah, he should. I I need to play some throwback tunes. Yeah. Like, come on. um, There was a song he released that he borderline rapped in it. Really? And, (laughs) oh, there's a lyrics like, the Holy Spirit's got me bumping. Oh, I think he's running with the beat because this place is jumping. Yeah, he's told me about it. Actually, I actually oh, haven't heard it, but so good, so good. It was like the yeah. it was like the soundtrack of my youth. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to help uh, that. Out. But honestly, he's such a gift to our house because if you know Henry at all, like he just 
he he's so in tune with God and the Holy Spirit, and he's such he's such just a lover of worship and God's presence, and that's his priority a hundred percent, and um, not any of the other stuff. The rest is just an overflow of that. So, and I love it too because he he's he's a real deal. He yeah. if I see him, he says hi to me every week, and we've never really met. Right, like. He's washing his hands. My first, I think my first or second time there, we're washing hands in the bathroom. Yeah. And he starts a conversation with me. I'm like, dude, I feel Amazing. like in back of my head, I'm thinking, I led like eight of your songs in youth group. And, <laughs> so you good. know, I don't care, but I'm just like, it's just this moment where you're kind of like, oh, it's funny yeah. how life aligns. I, I, have, I have one more question for you because I think yeah. it might be interesting. What's it like pastoring um, yeah. when... <laughs> You you look across your front line of singers or your back line, and you're seeing, you know, I know you don't see this when you see them. You see the people, but there's awards, there's chart toppers, there's yeah. Grammy winners, uh, people that arguably by by public standards have have exceeded your resume. Yeah, what what is that like to try and pastor and shepherd? Um, people in that sphere. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I had to cross that lot, like that battle. Had to fight that battle the first day. <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got um asked to be a part of this because, especially at that time. Now it's a little different, but at that time, I was literally the youngest person besides one person wow. on the worship team. Um, before you even talk about resume, like that's just crazy. And then my resume did not, at, by any means, and this is not me being overly humble, it just literally is the truth, did not say that I should be the worship pastor of the belonging. Hmm. And so from the very beginning, like I just had to go to God and say, God, how do I do this? And he just said, if I've put you here. And that was the thing for me is that that whole journey, it was so obviously that God put me there. Right. I could not have worked hard enough, met the right people, said the right things enough to put myself in that position. And so he yeah. said to me, if I've put you here, then I've given you the anointing and the authority to carry it and to do it well. And every step of the journey, like, you know, there's seasons that are stretching. Obviously, the season's been very stretching, but there's moments that are stretching. There's things that happen that I have to learn, I have to, like, grow in. And it's just been constantly going back and recentering on that of like, no, I know that I have the authority and I know that I have the anointing to carry this and mm-hmm. to lead this well. And um, God's never let me down yet. So it's been working. Yeah. And obviously I haven't been perfect in that and there's no way that I've done everything right. But I have at least had a heart that's like, God, I want to steward this just like I was stewarding that coffee shop, just like I was stewarding my youth group when I was 15, you know this is no different. It's just a little bigger, but I've learned how to do it because I've stewarded those things well. And, and it becomes this thing of like, if I have to deal with something or I have to talk to someone, I have, I know that God is with me and he's never, he's never had me do it on my own. Like I just trust the anointing. I trust the authority that he's given me. I lean on that rather than my strength, which is in my experience, which is kind of easy because I don't have as much experience as anyone else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's been this amazing season, man. And there's moments that are obviously harder than others, but um, I think God gives you a grace when you operate that way. And um, obviously, honestly, our team is just amazing. You know, all the people that you have mentioned, like the way they've supported me and loved me and 
and really just championed me in this season has been amazing. And and yeah, Henry say, Henry himself, to have Henry say, here's the worship team, take it and run with it, you know, that gives you this like confidence of like, okay, like, here we go. And he's had my back and has yeah. taught me so much just by watching him. You know, it's not like we hang out all the time and he tells me what I should be doing. It's just like watching mm-hmm. how he leads and watching how he, how he interacts with people in the team. And, um, yeah, I, it's just been a massive growing season for me, but just it does say a that. lot about the people on your team. That, Absolutely. That they walk in with no ego and going, no, yeah. um, Andrew's, Andrew's in charge and yeah. what he needs me to do, I'll do. Right. Yeah, man. And I think like, no matter where you, whoever's listening to this podcast, whatever situation you're in, it's like, if God's put you there, then he'll, he'll give you the, the tools that you need to operate and do it well and, and to honestly kill it, you know, and yeah. God, it's not an arrogant thing. It's actually just a healthy confidence in God and who you are as a son or daughter in mm-hmm. saying that, you know, I, I know who I am and where I stand with my father. And as long as I'm in the middle of his will and I'm in something that he's placed me in and he's made a way, then yeah. he will give me everything I need to kill it and do it well. Yeah, and absolutely. So it's just like a, that healthy confidence. And obviously there's days that I don't feel it and there's days that I feel it more than others. But man, it's been amazing. So That's incredible, man. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I know a little bit about about your journey, m- more so just kind of from a distance. But, yeah. um, you know, as as we get ready to close this, I always love to hear uh, a song that resonates with whoever I'm interviewing. And, and it, you know, usually is one of their own. Uh, but it, in this case... I'd love you to just tell me about a song that has really helped you through a season uh, that, that you needed it and, and spoke to you in a personal way. Oh, man, there's so many. Um, I think songs for me are so, they are really seasonal, you yeah. know. Um, but there's an, old, there's an old Jesus culture song called I Want to Know You. I don't oh, know if you remember yes. that song. Oh, so good. Especially that keyboard line is so just yeah. like so good. I think that's a song that I come back to a lot. Um, you know, just that can kind of just be my prayer a lot is God, I want to know you in a deeper way. Let your spirit and your presence yeah. you know, mark my life and overwhelm and overcome me, be everything that I am. Um that song, like an old, old song that is one of my favorites of all time is um, it's, um, Jesus, Holy and Anointed One, mm-hmm. that bridge, Your Name is Like Honey on My Lips. Um, that one I, I find myself going back to a lot. But yeah, so there's a couple. That's awesome, man. I love that. Love it. Um, but hey, we are going to listen to some music from The Belonging right now. And you guys just put out a brand new album recently called Awe and Wonder, but also uh, the first album that you guys released called All the Earth is equally as awesome. And uh, both these albums feature some incredible songs, incredible worship leaders. Uh, You got to check this out. So, Andrew, I just want to say thank you for your leadership. Thank you for welcoming into your church home and making my family feel like we truly belong at the belonging well we're honored we're honored to have you josh thanks so much for having me it's an honor to be here well here we are uh we're gonna check out um this song featuring andrew holt and the belonging worship check it out
have it. There's my conversation with Andrew Holt. Make sure that you go get a copy of The Belongings' new album. It is called Awe and Wonder. You're going to love it. It features artists like Carrie Job, Daniela Mason, Andrew Holt, Henry Seeley, and many, many, many more incredible songs on it. Make sure you check it out. Again, make sure you're following us online at OverflowBTM on Instagram, OverflowBTM on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Our YouTube channel is the same. And if you want one of those Kim Walker Smith books, make sure that you hop on Instagram and send me a DM because I'd love to get one in your hands. There are very limited copies, so make sure that you do so right away. This is Josh McCabe. I'm your host here on Overflow Beyond the Music. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>